I'm here, but feels like I've been here a while because you see old Talmidim, old Mispalim, you haven't seen in years, and they're thinking and uh, developing and growing families. It's a tremendous nachas, and a special thanks to David, my uh, long-lost Harusa and dear cousin, uh, who uh, we've actually been um, discussing for a while. When I'm coming down, so he called me up, he says, ah, there's a seum, and it's before Shavuot. One of my favorite topics is Talmud Torah and uh, how to increase it, so uh, it was certainly worth the trip. I just, we have a little problem, with my is 9.30, so um, we'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll see, won't go, won't go that much over time. Everybody's looking for a good deal. We know, because I'll speak about Shavuot as a Yom Adin of sorts. A real Yom Adin. Is Roshani of Kippur. And there's a secret that Chazal have, they weren't trying to keep it a secret, it's about uh, seven or eight Chazals will back up what I'm about to tell you. Time is short, I'm not going to go through them. But the aside is an important thing to know, especially if you have a Seder every day, you have a Tafyemi every day, whether it be very early or whether very late, people are exhausted. To push themselves, and it's sometimes I gave Dafyemi, you remember, in the Aguda for uh, a whole cycle. And again, for the Magachir, as the Magachir says, you gotta get up, you gotta be there on time. What are you gonna do? So, um, you remember walking in, and I'm sure you remember what it's like getting up, you're still doing it. It can sometimes be excruciatingly painful. And herein lies the aside, which I think if we walk away with this tonight, I don't know if it's going to make it easier, but it's going to get the job done. How do we get ourselves to our harusas, to our sadarim, to our shiram, day in and day out, whether we're exhausted, whether we're not exhausted. We just landed from a business trip. David flew back from North Carolina today and was desperate to get back. He made a commitment and with the Sivas Nefesh, but we all have that every day, whether we come back from the city, come back from North Carolina, wherever we're coming from. It's a Sivas Nefesh. What does that do with Rosh Hashanah Kippur? So the assignment is as follows. I'm going to oversimplify this. I once uh, said this over at Tishabov at the event in Flatbush, and it's uh, dangerous to say this over. We had about 2,000 people there. And boy, did I get letters afterward. So if you have any questions, call. Don't assume that there's something wrong with the picture. The oversimplified aside is that on Rosh Hashanah Kippur, the Gzaira is sealed, and there's a certain amount of aggravation, Leilainu Tsaris, Chayli, loss of money, fender benders, stubbing your toe, kas, machlekes, whatever the case may be. Certain amount, certain measure that's coming to everyone. Everybody has their peckle. No one is exempt. We hope it's uh, stubbing your toe is the worst of it, a bad deal here, a fender bender here, but there's a cheshman. And these false, hopefully small amounts of Agmas Nefesh are here for a kapara, we just did shuva, some of Ares off the top, some need a kapara, some need Leila a larger kapara. And the plan for the entire next year, how this kapara is going to be meted out. Hopefully in ways, that we can handle it. But the gzeir is a gzeir, and no one can escape it. For the tzaddikim, for the lamed vovniks among us, they have no averas, so these are just yisrem shalava to raise the madrega. But for us mere mortals, most of the aggravation we have come as a result of Averis and decisions we made that weren't proper, and they're here to give us the kapara throughout the year, so we can hopefully come clean next Rosh Hashanah. The Asai, the Chazal say in many different ways, I'll read to you one Medjur, there are ten of them, Medjur, Shrab, and Voracious, Ein L'cha'ad, I believe, sir, 
Ashrei mi sheyasurin baran alav min hatayra. And herein lies the incredible deal. First disclaimer: Never look for your But if they're coming anyway, and we know that coming from Rosh Hashanah Kippur, there's X amount coming throughout the year. Whatever aggravation you have through learning any mitzvah, but Talmud Torah is connected kulam. We're focused on learning here. It's a scene before Shavuos, so we'll focus on learning itself. Any aggravation you have to pull yourself out of bed to have a double coffee, to stay awake during Shia, to concentrate, to push yourself another five minutes, another ten minutes, sit down with your chavusa. You've had it. There was a day of all days. You tell them, okay, I'm asking the Lord for ten minutes. And then ten minutes come, push yourself another ten minutes, another ten minutes. The stipend was hard of hearing. Because I remember when I went to see him, you had to talk very loud. And if you don't know the Misa, he was hard of hearing because he was drafted into the Russian army. And uh, he had no choice, so he had guard duty one night, and they had one coat for all the soldiers. So you changed the guard, the other soldier would read, leave the coat for you, and you'd come pick it up and stand there for three hours. One Lael Shabbos, he was there. The other soldier, Russian guy, was nice enough to leave it for him, and he looks up, he sees the coat is hanging from the tree. So this is the to take anything off of the tree on Shabbos. What does he do? It's in Siberia. It's like uh, 40 below zero. He says, Zichah mutter, pikuch nefoshes, decha, everything. He's about to take it, and then he says, you know, pikuch nefoshes, decha, but 10 minutes is not going to be dangerous. So the first 10 minutes, at the end of the 10 minutes, he said, you know what? Another 10 minutes is not going to make a difference. He spent the whole night <coughs> in 10 minute increments. That's the aside and learning of Adis Hashem. You've got to push yourself. You say, I'm not gonna, i got to shear for the next hour. I can't concentrate for an hour. Yes, don't concentrate for an hour. Concentrate for 10 minutes and then make a decision to concentrate for another 10 minutes and then another 10 minutes. And push yourself and understand sometimes this is not only mental tsar, this can be physical tsar. You have a pounding headache and after three Advils it's not going away. So this Chazal Ashrei Misha Yisur and Bon means that if from a Shoshone Yom Kippur you had this amount of aggravation coming to you and you're extending your headache because you have to learn now then they're erasing where this aggravation would have come somewhere else. You're about to lose money, you're about to get into a fender bed, you're about to get some aggravation from somebody in the office, and you fulfilled the quota for that day because you push yourself to learn, and you were Mason Nevish to learn, Hashem takes it straight off the top. A picture of uh, a stack of uh, cubes, and every day Hashem takes a little off the top, when you get the next Roshana, you're clean. So every time you want to take one off the top, you don't know what's coming and how it's coming. But Chazal promise you, if you do it through learning, and you push yourself to learning, and you give yourself that headache, you give yourself that sleep dep- deprivation, you push yourself the psychological language of having to concentrate and figure out what Rabbi Kivig is really trying to say, will take the aggravation off the top that you would have had and have no Bukhniyistic content. The Fender Bender isn't exactly uh, a Bukhniyistic experience. Losing money isn't either. You could turn it into one with your meat to be tough, but it's not fun. And getting the flu and staying in bed for nothing is also not a lot of fun. So Chazal suggests, why not take the aggravation in the form of learning and mitzvahs and mysterious nefesh? you got to be Yetzi anyway. Why not be Yetzi and get the cipher at the same time? It's an incredible deal. And it has used, I myself, sometimes I'm giving a shear and I feel like I can't go on. So I tried to stifle with the coat for another 10 minutes, and then I try to think, whatever was coming tomorrow, I'm going to be itzy for tomorrow, the next day, and the next day. It's a tremendous, tremendous yesoid in life. 
the kashas, of course, all the letters, the emails that came in said, well, I know many people who are really messing up for learning, and they're learning even though they're sick loyally, and when they're pushing themselves, and they have so much aggravation on the side. I don't know what the kasha is. How do you know what the original stack looked like? Chazal promise you, it's on basic Amunus Chachamin, Chazal promise you that whenever you have aggravation through learning, physical or mental, it takes it off the top. So, why do you have other aggravation? The answer is the power was probably higher than you thought. Okay. The fact that Sadiq Rala Rosh Hashem said, when you come up here, you'll, uh, you'll see all the answers. So, that's your sign number one. Push yourself until it hurts. When it hurts, push yourself more and understand you're saving yourself a lot of aggravation and getting scar that's connected to Kulam. Second one is also many, many sources for this. I'll bring one from the Bira Agra initially. Bira Agra says that the main struggle in life is to be Mavra Amidaisev. Now we usually think of an application of Mavra Amidaisev in terms of an Elmah which I'm sure you've all been discussing on this Bira, and it's a big site to work on Yemidah, Kas, and Kina, and all the other bad leaders that we have. Mavra Amidaisev is also to take an innate character trait that's the antithesis of learning, like laziness, we're all lazy. It's a lot easier to listen to the Magad Shir in a Shitriya's legal way than to really zero in on the Kash of Taisis. I sort of heard what he said. I'm not saying that all this thing. You sort of heard what he said, and maybe later when you're a little bit more awake, you'll go back, and then sometimes we don't go back. Uprooting a bad Midah, and the Midah of Oslis can be you made it to the Shir, you get star for coming, and you're here, and you're awake. That's already a tremendous accomplishment. Now, how do you have the Amelis Pater? So, right there, it's, it's, it's painful, it's mentally painful, and you've got to push yourself. But the second mile of the Glenn says in many places that the reason we're here on earth is to be Mavra Amidah or not just in Melam Machaver, in issues of understanding where the Midah that's stopping us from growth, and primarily our Vedah learning is the main growth of a man. What Midah is stopping us? And usually that Midah is Atlus. The guy gives an example. Contrasting David and Shaul, a very fascinating example. And many Majrashim would say that Shaul was as great or greater than David in many ways. Why did David succeed and Shaul didn't fail? He went to Lamaba, but he didn't succeed in terms of his job description as king. Why did David succeed? More than that, Chazal questioned David Bishtayim Olsaloi, Shaul Ba'achazlo Olsaloi. When one of Ari lost the Malchus, David had two and he didn't. What is David doing right and Shaul is not Zeicha to that? So the guy says, David Bishayim also law, Indian who? Keep it David Nama who had money. David was born a redhead, which represented the red planet, Mars, Madin. Shmuel and Abi came to Yishai's house and said, Okay, I'm here to get a king. He asked the Bukhar, it wasn't him, I went straight down the line. David wasn't even called to the meeting. They thought he was a Suffolk Mamzer, and they thought he was a wild man, and they wasn't even invited. So Shmuel the man, where's another one here? Where is he? So they called him in, they were sort of embarrassed. And Shmuel Hanavi looked at him and he said, Certainly not him, he's red like Asaph. How's a person like that going to be at Sadi? And a Kodesh Baruch Hu said that, yes, he's red like Asaph, and he has that violent streak, and he's going to use it to kill Amalek and to kill all the Rishi Yisrael. Which means David's godless was that he fulfilled the tachos we have on earth to take the meat that we have to work on and subjugate it to Tyrant. Shaul had the natural midah of Anivus. He was a tzaddik yisrael, literally. He was such an honor when they made him king. He was meichel in his covenant when they were 
making fun of him, but he said, yeah, it's all right. I, I agree with you. I don't want to be king. That's not what Hashem wants from us. Hashem wants us to use the midas we have for Torah. And it's very ironic, uh, the lawyers in the room will excuse me, I'm sure there are a few of them, but you can have a guy who's a, a trial lawyer who will be mocked on every deal, as he should. He's going to pay for this. And stand in a courtroom and fight for every inch. And go to the apkos of the sugyul lahavdul to understand what's going on. And then when he gets to the sugyul Gemara, so yeah, I'm sort of making a siyum. And he asked me the chilik, what the chilik was, but it wasn't. Uh, I don't know, but my magid shir knows, and he's very good, and we um, sort of uh, joined with him. So the chash of a bnei Torah is sitting here, and this is everybody. Magid shir is here to help us, motivate us. The Amelus has to be from the listeners. If not during the shear, because it goes very quickly. A little hachana before the shear, a little chazar after the shear. Especially if you're in Dafyami. Take at least once a week. You could be on a Leil Shabbos, it could be on a Matzah Shabbos, it could be on a Sunday. Take once a week, take a half hour of Ima'ayan into one prat and write it down. I told this to the guy seven years ago and I have a whole notebook, a whole bichu. One half hour, it won't turn by the way. You'll start with a half hour, you'll like it so much, it'll be an hour. But understand that this is a shutzvus. It's not just the Gemara is here, and we have a Dafyami cycle, and we have a Makashir, and I'm part of it, which is Gavadik. It's definitely a step in the right direction. But working on the Midah of Atlas, which we all have, is that I basically understand this. How hard I do this in the office all day. How hard do I have to work when I get home? The answer is the office gives you the ability to pay tuition so your children can grow up to be Tamil Chachamim and Oev Tamil Chachamim. And your job is to make yourself into one no matter what the age is and what age you happen to start. Your job is to make sure that the Amelus is there and you're being like this midah. Exercise is very important. A lot of people I talk to, I give, uh, you're a rav, you have the schools, you give a lot of people adrocha. I give people adrocha in Indiana and Panasa, and in Yane Yitzhaka, and in Yane uh, planning of what they should do with their learning. And there are people who tell me, Baruch Hashem, I deal with all B'nai Ter. Everybody has shifas. Unbelievable. And they tell me that, yes, this is what they're doing now, but they hope they're making enough money, they hope they're going to retire. And when they retire, they're going to have a seder in the morning, a seder in the afternoon, a night seder, and they're going to do this and that. A hundred things they have planned. And I'm sure everybody in this room has this plan. And since you do, to tell you an important nakuda about exercise, that is, if you're not with the program, in quality and quantity, putting in the time now and the amelus, you can't turn it on when you're 50, you can't turn it on when you're 55, you can't turn it on when you're 60. It doesn't work like that. It happens, but it's much harder. An example close to home, David, you're familiar with this, you'll uh, know what I'm about to say. There's somebody I know that um, learned when he was working in Manhattan, a 12-hour day on Wall Street, learned a good three, four hours a day. People tell me this can't be done. I said, you can't argue the names I grew up with. It's my father. And every minute, there was a carpool four months into the city. It took an hour and five minutes. They left at 5.30 in the morning. And they had to say there were three, three, three carpools, three or four carpools going into Philip Brothers at that time. You guys are too young to remember that? Maybe somebody here old enough to... Uh, okay. There were three or four carpools in he going. My father's carpool had four guys, and they had a seder, had a shear in the car for 55 minutes. That five minutes Musa said or Shmir Salashim. And as they were pulling in, they turned on CBS News for the market open. Mm-hmm. They did that 
for 29 years. I had an hour in the car, an hour back. When my father got back, he learned for two hours with me. And I found out he learned at lunch also, and then he made a shear in the office. This is back in the 70s when it wasn't popular. There are two mindless to doing that. One mile is that you learn. And you learn how to learn better. The biggest mile is, is that you're in great shape. That if you ever have the opportunity to really make the time available to have more than an hour in the morning and an hour at night, which is Gavaldic for those that are doing it, to take the opportunity to really go into it, you're in very good shape. And you know you can do it. Of course, it got, after a while, the working was getting in the way of his learning, so he just moved there to Israel and retired at uh, 44. And I'll tell you, we decided people still meet me. I'm back in Muncie now after many, many years. And people still meet me and they say, uh, we don't know what happened, but uh, he must have got some sweet retirement package. He's there already, uh, is that 26 years? Like that. So I said, actually, he was about to start making serious money. Underline the word about. He moved there to Israel only because if you want to learn all day in Muncie with two cars on the lawn, it's too expensive. It's not for everybody. I'm showing you from this example that I saw with my own eyes is that the only reason he's able to do this now is because he did it with Messiris Nefesh when he was working as a trader in a very high-pressured environment. He left the house at 5 in the morning and came back at 8 o'clock at night. And he managed, when he walked to the door at 8 o'clock at night, to have learned 3-4 hours already before his night stayed. So, many of you don't know my father. You might remember him from his business at Shul. David knows him. He's related. So you might say, okay, you know, uh, that's from the Yechidei Skula. It's a mitzvah keep it of aim to always hold your father's in Yechidei Skula. But he was a trader, Wall Street, a commodity trader, like uh, maybe many of you sitting here. But he conditioned himself. And it takes years, like any exercise, to build it up slowly, slowly, slowly. So that when that wonderful day comes, the Yukataka, if not retire, but semi-retire, add five hours, six hours, seven hours to your schedule. Seven hours, most people say seven hours. I can't learn for seven hours. So of course you can't. It's like bodybuilding. If you don't build it up and train yourself to become a masmid, then it doesn't work. And the mindla is, is that... There are two types, people think there are two types of people in the world. People who can learn, people who can't. Azal's eyes, there is no such thing. Ain't no such animal. There's people who can learn and do learn, and the people who can learn who convince themselves they can't. Those are the only two categories. Especially today, you have a high school, you have this, and a parish, and a parish, and they're going to start, Rabbi Kivega's going to be in English soon. You have everything you need, and no excuses anymore. It's a question of conditioning. It's a question of pushing yourself. It's a question you understand. Every time I push myself, I'm just being see something that was a gzairam and a shamayim on Yom Kippur anyway, so I lose absolutely nothing. When you do it as a community, I'll share with you a very fascinating Odessa. Odessa says that there's something very mysterious going on by the door of Logo. Akash Baruch comes with the Pamaya Shamaya and he's Kaviyachal, there's like a nervousness in Shamayim. They're building Migdal Bovel. And the Kash Baruch says, I'll read to you the Pasuk, and they're building this monstrosity. And Akash Baruch says to the Malachim, we better stop them. If we don't stop them now, they're going to be unstoppable. Abdesla asked the obvious question, what in the world does that mean? What do you mean unstoppable? 
Ayat Hashem takes that way. We better stop them now. We better hurry up. Because if we don't confuse the languages and have them get into a big fight in this first time, it's going to be all over. So Abdesla says, what's going to be all over? What's the problem here? So Abdesla says, the second you saw it in Aslocha and Taira Mitzvah and Abedis Hashem, or the lack thereof. Abdesla says, an unbelievable idea. He says, the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu built the Bria, with Salamulakin, so we have Midas that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has, on obviously a much lower level. And the rule is, when you want something, if you will something, a human being as a Salamulakin has the power to make it happen just by desire. So, no, so why don't we all think for a moment about a million dollars, or whatever else we happen to have on our wish list, and it'll happen. So Desil says it would. The only difference is, is that when you want something, there's always somebody on the other side who wants something else. Take, take the market. You want to sell short. Somebody else wants the market to go up. You want the market to go down. So you want something very much. There might be a thousand people over here, a thousand people over there. What happens if you have the entire civilized world and they want one thing? They want to suck all the Kedusha out of the world and they want to bring two more of Zara, and there's nobody dissenting. Not one dissenting opinion. Okay, I'm going to drown, so shame, Aver. But nothing on the map. Everybody gets together with one desire to bring two more to the world. So Hashem says, you know what? Based on my metaphysical laws of the Bria, it's going to work. They will suck all the Kedusha out of the Bria. The world will cease to exist. So we better stop them because based on the rules that I built, being that they're still Salam al-Kim, they can desire to bring Tumut to the world. And that's what they're trying to do with Migdal Bavu. Now Desla says that is why Hashem confused the languages sent them to Arabic and that's why the Umas Elam will never agree on one thing, the thing that they always look like they agree on, and that is they want the Yidin to be destroyed. You'll notice even at the darkest parts of our history, most of them agreed, but there were always nations who didn't agree. The Yidin were living half were among the Romans, half among the Bavliyim. The Bavliyim were good to them, and the Romans weren't, and vice versa. But if everybody would get together and want something, the Kaya Hatzibur, if there's no Miznagid, can make anything happen. And that's crucial for Visiyim, for Dachyem Yichaburah, for a shul that's learning. If, I assume Hashem will go with the Rav, with Paschim, with Rav, everything else. If Hashem sees a Kehillah, sees a group of people, a group of Neitera, who want to grow, and their entire Shaifa is growing in their learning, and growing in their Midas, and growing in their Tzvila, and their Avayda, and their Tzvila. The good news is, is that the Hashba, and the Kedusha that laid, and the foundations, are here for Siyat of people who are shaky, but they belong to the group, so therefore they're going to be swept along. Not just the fervor, and the excitement that you see with your own eyes, in a metaphysical way, in terms of the Ruchnius, Hashem built it that if most people want something, that's the direction it's going to go because of our ability to be a Tzalem Alekim. That's the Hashivas of a public shir, of a public celebration of Taira, of Kavara Taira. And the last component, and with this, one of the most famous Maises and Shas. Rabbi Kivo, was a shepherd for Ben Kalba Savur. Chazite Barte David Sinia Malas. His daughter Rachel saw that he had tremendous midas. Amrlai Mekanchanal Lach Azus Lebei Rav. So she asked him if I get married to you and we do a kedushin. Shailon Bishayim did they do a kedushin and the suin just a kedushin? Will you go learn yeshiva? He said yes. 
she got married to him, Kedusha before marriage, you need to get afterwards. She got married to him, Betzina, father heard about it, threw her out of the house, disowned him. A very simple question. You go up to somebody and she obviously believed in him. She wants to show she believes in him. So I would have, this were my daughter, I would counsel her on a much safer route. Very courageous of her, but be courageous, still of a safer route, much safer. Why do you have to do a Mason Kedushin and be locked in with this fellow? Why don't you go over to him and tell him and send the message? He says, you know, I think you have potential. Why don't you go to yeshiva? If you make something of yourself, when you get back, we'll get married. Isn't that a lot easier? Her father would have got angry, but he wouldn't have disowned her. <coughs> she went to such service after this. What for? Why did they have to do a Mason Kedushin? He didn't stay home anyway. He went to yeshiva for years and years. It's not like they had them. It's conflicting madrasha. My mission is they had a baby before. They said they didn't. There was a son from her first. Left the push out the Gemara as he left. So he's not at home anyway. So why be Kaddish? Talk about a very long engagement. So do a common law engagement without doing a Mason Kedushin. Why did she do this? The answer is that when you have people, we discussed the Chaverim in the room over here, when you have a Kehillah study, when you have a group, the Maila is that everybody is here to be a Machazic each other. And the only way people succeed is that they really believe that there's somebody here who believes in them or believes they can do it. Often we tell our friends and our co-workers or our subordinates, tell them, you know... We believe in you. You can do it. The project, don't worry. We believe in you. The guy says, yeah, you believe in me. Everybody says that. That's how you motivate workers. How do you really convince somebody that I'm a at 40 years old? We really, really believe in you. So how's she going over there and say, you know what? I think you have a lot of potential. If you go to Yeshiva, maybe you come back in 7 years, 14 years, 21 years, 24 years, and uh, we'll talk about it. That's not a motivating factor. Maybe, yeah, maybe not. If she says, you know what, I'm willing to put my life on the line and become an aguna for 12 years, 24 years, because I don't stop believing you. I know you can do it. It's a vital tool for our children, for our chaver, for ourselves, for our spouses. You have to really convince your chaver, I believe in you. Which means, when I was uh, giving shias also back in the day, there was one guy who said he couldn't get up. So I called his wife and I asked her if she has a soaker at home. She said, what's a soaker? I said, you know those big things? With the, uh, so she said, no. I said, do me a favor, go out and buy one. I got your husband's address. I asked him first. Uh, if he's not up on the third try, you are to um, empty a, uh, a gun or two on him. And um, it worked a couple of times. Once came to sheer dripping. <laughs> but it was a sight to see. Um, it worked a couple of times and then it stopped working. So I uh, called them up, had a conference call with both of them. You need the wives to cooperate with these things. Conference call, I said, what happened? So she said, I tried and I soaked him, he just got angry at me, and that was the end of that. So I called him and I said, why aren't you motivated? He told me, pretty sad, uh, he told me that the only time I get any attention from my wife is when she shoots me in the morning. And she's not machazing my learning, she doesn't believe in it, and she's not proud of me. She had an opportunity to shoot me with a gun in the morning, so she granted the opportunity. <laughs> she says, that that's not going to keep me motivated. And you know what? He's 100% right. If you don't have people that believe, especially a spouse, a spouse, a chaver, parents, children, you have to be motivated. At the end of the day, unless you're learning with a happy frame of mind, I spoke about Mesibus Nefesh, I spoke about pain and headaches. All this is with the backdrop of a person that's emotionally balanced, 
and happy and has tremendous sipuk when they finish the learning and they push themselves more sipuk, but they push themselves in very, very trying circumstances. They couldn't concentrate, they had a headache, they had a rough day at the office, and they still got up and they pushed themselves. There's no greater simple. I'm sure you've done it. There's no greater simple. Like coming to a scene, you finish a seder, and it's through very trying times. But we have to be mechazik each other with this. <coughs> Close with one very interesting article I came across. Interesting. Chachma, the guy in time, and I recognize this. Gallup poll. It's supposed to be the Gedolei Hadar and and trying to figure out where people are and where they're going. They did a well-being index. They do this once in a while, and they do it in a very big way. Hundreds of thousands of calls. This is reported in the newspapers and reported, I think, I think I saw it in Madia a year or two ago. Well-being index of various religions of various people in America. Jews, even though most Jews aren't from, Jews came out on top in every list. Every single list. That means even the fry, there's a pintle yid, it understands there's uh, something to being part of the Amanifkar. And they did a study, quite fascinating. I'll read to the end of the article. Results of a 2010 well-being index survey conducted by Gallup Company was released on Sunday. The company surveyed 352,840 adults. It's quite an extensive survey. Across the country, telephone surveys on January 1st to December 31st. Participants were asked questions regarding satisfaction with life situations, emotional health, job satisfaction, physical health, lifestyle choices. A number of finally assigned well-being ratings to geographic and demographic categories. Hawaii, for example, is the happiest state. Don't move there. It's a Shiloh what they shop is. Uh, so it's not Kedai. If you're living there already, come ask a Shiloh. But uh, Hawaii was found to be the happiest state. And the New York Times called Gallup and they figured that with all these surveys, there was enough room to paint the statistical portrait of the happiest person in America. You're sitting down for this. So the paper asked Gallup to crunch his data into the one most happy person. Gallup obliged, telling the Times the happiest American is a tall, I'm okay with that, uh, Asian American, observant Jew, who is at least 65, married, has children, and lives in Hawaii. <laughs> I kid you not. So, I have a picture here, by the way. Very happy-go-lucky guy. They uh, listen to what happened. Um, the Times told them to find that man. Well, they wrapped it up the one. He's got to be around somewhere, and they're looking in this only one island, or it's a group of islands. But uh, The article said the inquiry led them to a synagogue in Hawaii and resulted in information that indeed local resident Alvin Wong possessed the traits given by Gallup. He's 5'10", a bit over average. He turned 70 in July. He's Chinese, has two children, lives in Honolulu, owns a healthcare business, and is an Orthodox Jew having undergone a lovely conversion 35 years ago. What's the point of this article? <laughs> Very interesting uh, piece of uh, piece of news. Point is, I don't know how much this Alvin Wong learns. I don't know if he belongs to a Dajiani, but he's from these Shamitarimitsis. And he understands whether he understood it intellectually or not. We have to understand that the only way to any Simcha Sachayim is to Ruchmias, not to Gashmias. Gashmias has a role in a Siyam, Shabbos, Yomtiv, Chasana, Bar Mitzvah. Otherwise, the gash, the more went to the Gashmias, the less went to the Ruchmias. There's no nicer way to say that. And Gallup and the New York Times came to the same conclusion that we came to without reading the New York Times. Just look at all the Chazals. That with all the pain and all the pushing and all the pressure and all the lachats, 
The only true Simcha Sachayim is despite everything going on around us, we throw ourselves into our learning, we throw ourselves into our Ruchnius, and if we're from and we're doing the right thing, ultimately that will lead to a true Simcha Sachayim. It's a sham, we'll be to finish many more Siddharam and to convince the Haram to join and to encourage them and to push ourselves and have tremendous Simcha Sachayim for ourselves, for our families, not us, for ourselves, for our kindled it's a shame we'll be able to have the next team in Yushalayim.